What's up, everybody? Another episode of Center of Attention. The one before the Dirty 30. Just realized that as I was pulling up audition. Uh, this is going to be first time that the podcast is recorded on Adobe Audition since uh, back when I was able to use the post-production studios at Western. But now that I'm graduated um, and I, I got this all set up for myself um i like using adobe audition it's one of the it's the software that i was originally taught on so that's why it's easy for me to uh, use this and then i know all the different tricks and stuff and i can add in all the different bells and whistles um not sure if i want to go back to just having the the designated intro and exit song i think having the different song each time because i don't listen to the same song every day so uh, that was 38 special. Um, rediscovered that one. Also, we're, we're, we are recording this outside um, at my house right now, so that's why you have that little bit of noise in the background. Um, the street's kind of close to us, but it's a nice day, and uh, figured why not come out here and, and record a podcast for you guys out in nature. Still still at the house, still uh, kind of getting settled back in. Um, had to move around some of the furniture and stuff in the house so that there would be enough room to put all my clothes and everything back. I'm probably going to put together another bag of stuff to send to Goodwill just because I have so many clothes um, and I don't wear a lot of them all the time. So figured that's a a good thing to do especially in a time like this um so uh if since i have too many clothes i might as well go ahead and give some that i don't wear to goodwill so that people who do need it can can get that um it's been a it's been an interesting few days being back home I've, i've enjoyed it came back saturday uh talked about having to get together on the the previous podcast and then um, been doing so this summer. We've basically been doing a big project each summer. That uh, the last couple of years that I've been coming home. Um, and this year's big project was we put in a brand new 40-foot concrete patio um, and got some nice deck furniture. It's it's where I'm sitting right now while I'm recording this. And then my dad also went and bought a 8 by 12 I think, shed that we put up. Or I didn't put, I didn't help put it up. Uh, he had family come down and help him put it up. Um, but we've been just doing some different work on that each night after he gets done with his regular job. It's it's it, it's tough work, but it's the kind of work that I've been doing over the past couple summers with labor and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I mean, I told, I told everybody that I enjoy doing it, so it's probably, I'm not going to say that it's my fault, but it probably is my fault that I keep ending up having to do all this. I, I do enjoy doing it. We spent about three hours caulking and, um, priming the shed last night, and then depending on if the weather holds or not, the clouds seem to be going away a little bit, but... I think that it's supposed to, I think it, it might actually be, yeah, 
it's not going to rain today. There was supposed to be a bit of rain um, over this week in the metro area. So that's basically my, my plan for the rest of the week. And then I had a job interview earlier this morning. I'm about to become the fifth Pilato member to be hired at King Supers by our house over here. And um, it was a good interview. I, mean, I enjoyed it a lot. It's, uh, it's interesting now thinking about back when I would go interview for jobs in high school. And um, I wasn't always as outspoken as I am. I wasn't always trying to be the center of attention. And I realized that this morning when I was talking to um, the woman who was doing my interview, I used to just not say anything and just give stock answers, and now I have so much that I want to say and so many different examples that I can pull from, and it's probably with age. And then I think that I got super comfortable talking and articulating myself down at school too uh, with the communications classes and all that kind of stuff. So the the interview went good, probably going to be... Um, hired here in the next couple days then I'll start training next week which will be interesting because I'm still doing this twice a week and uh, I'll be working about 40 hours a week plus whatever I need to help my parents with around the house I've been trying to keep myself busy just because when I was at in Gunnison for the last couple weeks um, and I had finished all my schoolwork. I didn't really have too much else to do. I mean, I was on duty for the last week, but that didn't really entail much except for answering the phone and being told that somebody else has moved all their stuff out. But since we aren't checking people out in person this year, that just I just had a lot of, okay, congratulations, and we will uh, collect your key afterwards. I think I got about 14 calls. And they always knew right when, like five minutes before I was going to wake up, is when they would call or as soon as I got in the shower and put shampoo in my hair they would call but um, thinking back on it it was tough work and it wasn't always the most fun just different situations that you have to deal with but um, I'm really glad that I did decide to be a resident assistant I didn't decide to be one because I'd always wanted to be one I was more deciding it because I, I needed the extra financial help for school and that was great and um, I'm a good enough leader and I've been through enough that I felt like I could add something to that department and maybe help a little bit with the retention rate I don't know if I did that or did that or not specifically because um, I'm just not privy to that sort of information I do know that there was a lot of other things going on with Western in regards to the new engineering and computer science building and um, the fact that there is no retention and now they're trying to bring in more students than they have room for. It's it's an interesting place at this point, but hopefully if I was ever your resident assistant and you're listening now, um, I hope that I made your time a little bit more enjoyable or stayed out of your way if that's what you would have liked. I tried to be the resident assistant that I would have enjoyed having on my floor and I was always much more of a hands-off type of guy if I had a question I can go talk to the resident to the RA but I wasn't seeking out 
that kind of connection and I wasn't always going to the floor events just because I, I would make my own friends and had my own friends from other places on campus but if you are listening and I was your RA hopefully I wasn't too much of a pain in the ass I feel like I wasn't all that bad obviously if I had to get if I had to take care of something and get somebody in trouble I would but it wasn't something that I sought out to do I didn't I didn't apply for the position to gain power in that sense I applied to the position because I miss being a big brother since my siblings I mean, the, since I was at school without my siblings and my sister ended up coming to Western for the last two years, but I, I do enjoy the mentoring. I do enjoy being the resource for people, and uh, that's what I tried to be. So I hope that if you ever lived on a floor that I was watching over, that you guys enjoyed your time and thought that I was a nice enough guy. Um, but it's, it's interesting now having that all be in the past, and in this morning's interview, I was able to take that experience and a lot of my uh, interview answers for the questions that were being asked were based off of experience that I had either at the, at the school as an RA or at the radio station as the sports director and uh, being in charge of who I wanted to put on the air for the different things that I was going to be in charge of. And I think that that's helped me out a lot, actually, that it's been more of a, a good thing than I probably intended. I, I was originally just in it for, well, at least the RA job, I was originally just in it for the financial benefits and taking some pressure off my parents and myself in the future once I have to start paying back my loans. But I did end up enjoying it. I met a lot of cool people. I'd say I probably have more really close friends from... Res life, and I felt more of a deep connection to those people than I did to some of the football teammates that I've had just because football has a huge turnover. I, I came in and had four guys on the offensive line graduate that year that I had gotten close with, and then um, my really close friends that I had my freshman and sophomore year, other than Garrett, um, who you guys know from the show, he, he was the very first episode. Um, he, he was the only one that stuck around. Everybody else had transferred. And there's no, no harm in that, but it is interesting when you get that close with somebody and then they're gone, and then you have to figure out who you're going to talk to and uh, who you're going to put your trust in again. Sometimes you get burned. I feel like I've gotten my fair share of, of burns in that sense, but this past semester, and I talked about it when I was talking to Kyle either on the last episode that he was on or the episode before, but I was uh, a little bit more closed off, I would say, because of that and not wanting to get all of my personal business and get attached to different people. But this past semester, for as nervous as I was, I think it worked out probably as well as it could given the circumstances of everything else that's happened since then. When I originally came back and was able to find a friend group and have people that I could just call up or text and, and get ready to hang out and people who actually enjoyed spending time <laughs> with everybody we had, we had a pretty close staff um, for my building the last this last semester and, and Dan and Kyle and Dana shout out to Dana if she's listening Joel was an awesome boss to have from my last year as a resident assistant um, 
I think that he's kind of, he's been he came in he was uh, originally starting at Western when I was starting to work for the school back in my first summer here or first summer in college when I was uh, working as a CA he got brought in as the intern student intern and he was working through a master's in uh, I think either higher higher education learning or um, personal management something like that but he had been an RA when he was in college and then he got the resident director job for Ute on campus as he was finishing up his master's and it's been cool because his, his experience in res life and my experience in res life has kind of been mirrored back and forth and I feel like we've both grown and come into different roles he's now um, the second in command for all the summer camps that are going to be on campus from now on as long as he's going to stay there and still the resident director of Ute I feel like this past year with as many bad things that have happened with me getting sick in the first semester and then um, coming back to school and having everything happen with the COVID virus and um, we had a building flood on campus. It, there was just a whole bunch of stuff that nobody really ever saw coming. It's not things that you normally prepare for. And I, I think that it's it was cool to see him deal with it alongside us because I feel like he and I are, are linked in our resident residence life careers, at least at Western. So that was nice. It's just kind of been what I've been doing since I've been home is uh, gathering my thoughts, thinking about some things. Um, it's, it is interesting. I'm not very good at stopping and smelling the roses. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't very good at that. But every now and then it, it's kind of nice. And I appreciate everybody that I met at my time at Western. I appreciate all the bad professors that I didn't uh, enjoy my time in their classes. I appreciate all the awesome professors that helped me through school and my my struggle last semester. I thank the coaches for giving me the opportunity to play football because I wouldn't have been able to go to school without that opportunity. So they mean a lot to me and all the teammates that I have played with, whether or not we had a falling out, whether or not you were still on the team. Um, I just appreciate everybody that I've met in my time there because I can start to see some of the good things that have happened since I started back in 2016 as a, a dumb 18-year-old freshman thinking that I knew everything coming out of high school and then got introduced to a whole different world and a whole different culture up in Gunnison. But it shaped me into the person that I am now and I've gotten way more open. I, I let my goofiness be a little bit more evident now. And that's been interesting since I've been home too, is that I'm, I'm very, very silly. And I try to crack jokes about everything. I'm trying to always make somebody laugh. Um, and it doesn't always work. For as funny as Kyle and Dan thought I was, I'm pretty sure I've used most of my material in my family already. And then all the new material that I can come up with are inappropriate, so can't really tell those jokes around the household. Oh. Now, I want to start the next step just because I don't want to be caught in limbo and be caught with my pants down, but 
we'll see what happens with this this next step. I think the job at King Supers, I'm going to be hired as just a crew member, but there's a possibility for me to be elevated to a lead in the system manager position um, since I've been in management the past two years and um, know how to how to lead different types of people. So that'll be something to look forward to. Obviously, still looking forward to commencement. Um, we have a, a lot of pretty cool things coming up. Hopefully, everything opens back up like they're they're starting to. Colorado is kind of taking more of a measured step than I think most of the other places. Either I feel like either you're in California and everything is still shut down, and Gavin Newsom is telling you that. If you ever go back outside again, you're going to kill everybody that you come in contact with and everything's going to be shut down for good and permanently. Or you're Arizona and you opened up restaurants to 25% capacity already and saying that people are going to stay six feet apart. But I saw a video on Twitter last night and nobody's staying six feet apart, which makes sense. I mean, you knew as soon as people were able to go back outside again, they'd all be excited to be around other people and be out of the house so that they're going to be uh, probably a little bit closer than they should be. Arizona also is the first state to allow pro sports to resume. I don't know who they're going to play because uh, none of the other states are even allowed to practice as a team yet. But that's a it's a step in the right direction, I think. I feel like we've done a good job with everything so far. As much as I've complained about it, it's probably the better thing that has been done. I would have rather not had anything shut down. And if, I don't know, when I, when I did come home, I was talking about this with my aunts and uncles. I talked about it with my mom. I think the reason why people were so upset and people freaked out as much as they did is because it felt all very fascist. And in the history of at least my lifetime, we've never been in a situation where the government just said, hey, we're gonna take away your right to do whatever you wanna do. We're gonna take away your right to leave. You're gonna have to stay in your house. You can leave to pick up food and that's about it. A lot of the times, and I think what a lot of people would have appreciated more was if the government came out, announced the risks for the virus, said what populations of people were at a higher risk and those people should probably stay home and then Obviously, you have to get the employers on board with all of that. And uh, if people were, the people that were able-bodied had been tested or gotten through it already or weren't at an elevated risk of complications, they, they should have still been able to go back into work and keep everything moving because then you're protecting the people that you need to protect, but you're also protecting them for when everything comes back because now what we're going to see is that when everything does open back up, Places aren't going to have money. Uh, there's already been bars that have been closing down, I know, in Colorado for no business. And I'm not sure when or if or what is actually going to open back up when everything is allowed to. Just because it's uh, never had to think about it before. But when nobody can go to a movie, how does a movie theater stay open continue to pay its employees? Obviously, they don't pay the employees. And then figure out the situation from there I could definitely see some the strip malls scare me the mall kind of scares me when they open that back up because with nobody coming in or out 
online orders can only take you so far. The malls were already declining anyways with the emergence of online shopping, so it'll be it'll be a trying thing, I think. It'll be something that people will be able to look back on and either use as a blueprint for what we should do or use as a blueprint to divert from if something like this does happen again. I just wish that it was more for the safety and betterment of all the people. It really feels right now everything that's being said or done really just feels like a political move. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but I feel like a lot of the states with Democratic governors are purposely dragging their feet and purposely waiting to reopen because they feel like if the economy tanks or the economy isn't as strong as Trump had it going into November and going into the election that would give Biden a better chance to possibly win the election but that also doesn't make any sense because then when Biden wins the election he's going to inherit a terrible economy and who knows whether what he's going to be able to do to fix it. I personally do not want him in office. It's not a Democrat or Republican thing. I'm not either. I'm very much an independent. I have things that I agree with on both sides. I would say I'm more pro-Republican when it comes to economics and that kind of thing. I don't agree with socialism. I don't see a working example of socialism in the world today. It always ends up either the country goes to a point where a dictator can take over. That's what happened back in Europe in the 40s, 30s and 40s after the Great Depression. Or it's not necessarily really even a socialism. And it's actually just a capitalistic society with a little bit more benefits for all. I think there should be benefits for people, but I don't think that the benefits should be what you make your living on and how you support yourself. I feel like aid is there to do what the name says. It's there to aid you. It's not there to support you indefinitely. And as much as people do need welfare and all that kind of stuff... I mean, even with now all the companies, if you say that you have shown signs of COVID, you get free two weeks off. And there are a lot of people who are just using that for a free 14-day vacation away from work and all of that. So that's, I, I don't necessarily agree with the fact that if we increase federal aid for everybody, that everybody's going to be taking advantage of it. But yeah you know you have to most things come from a concrete example and the concrete example i can see now for why people are so against government funding and government helping out people who are down on their luck is the fact that people are using this virus to get free time off and i don't think that's right because the people who are actually suffering then you know who's to say that a manager thinks that somebody who's actually suffering is the one faking and the person who's faking is actually sick and then that person who is suffering gets laid off or loses their job because of it and then the other guy gets to come back and go go back to work like nothing happened that's just it's a fear i don't know if it's happening specifically but it, it is definitely a fear and it's something that i think people have to keep in mind especially if you run a small business or own your own business I mean, you have to allow your employees the freedom to get the help and support that they need if they are sick. But then you also have to 
think about what's best for your bottom line. And if you have a ton of people that are just coming up sick, then the next person who possibly does need that time, you're wary to give them that opportunity. And and that's kind of like my, my whole thing, whole point about this thing is that nobody knows what's going on, but everybody wants to act like they know what's going on. That's why the news continues to report on stuff they have absolutely no clue about. Um, it's even coming out now that hospitals were over-reporting COVID cases so that they get the extra money from the government for testing and, and that kind of thing. It's very difficult. I mean, I, I get the altruistic view and, and I get the um, perfect view of the world, but it's very difficult when something like this happens and then you, you lose that perspective of everybody's just doing the, the right thing for everybody else. A lot of people are selfish. A lot of people try and get ahead by any means necessary. I don't think that it's right. I don't think that it happens all the time. But the more experience that I gain in the world, the more I see that happening. And I think that's, that's what played in a lot to my interview questions this morning or my interview answers this morning. I would always try and make an example of somebody, use an example that involves somebody else. I don't need to talk about myself. I feel like I know I'm pretty secure in who I am. I'm pretty secure in my ability and what I can accomplish and what I'm able to do. So I don't need to sit there and toot my own horn. I'd much rather help out other people. Um, and I'd much rather see other people succeed around me or because of me instead of just me stepping on everybody else to get to the top. I was talking to uh, Kyle and I was I was messaging Dan back and forth on Instagram talking about that. I would much I, I would have no problem being the least successful of my siblings. Um, I already think that they're all three smarter than I am in different areas. I'm good with the communications and sociology stuff, but Dom is a math guy. Ed is basically bilingual at this point with Spanish, and he's really good at math too. And then Roxy is doing her thing with the business classes and managing. So they all have different areas that they know more than me in, and I would much rather... My thing was, and the way that I put it, is I would much rather be the least successful sibling as a national broadcaster than be the most successful of my siblings. If I'm the least successful sibling and I'm an ESPN broadcaster and Rox is doing something for an NFL team or is the head manager at some big Division One college and Ed is a lawyer somewhere and Dom is teaching math with a degree that not many people can complete, I would, I'd be fine with that. That would be something that would make me very happy. So That's kind of where I stand on most things. Excuse me. Not used to waking up before 9 o'clock. I had to get up early this morning so we can get our workout in. Because Dom had to go to work and I had my interview. And the time wouldn't have worked out any other way than if we had gotten up when we did. Not gonna lie, I'm probably gonna take a nap after this, and that's gonna be glorious. After working three hours last night and working out yesterday and trying to help out around the house too where I can. 
trying not to blatantly nap in front of everybody else, but I feel like with the amount of stuff that I've done in the past couple days, I've kind of earned a little bit of a breather. Um, and I'm looking forward to taking that at some point. But had to get you guys in a podcast first because name of the game is consistency. And if this helps one person waste an hour, hour and a half of their day or makes somebody laugh, it, it's it's all all worth it at that point. And I've appreciated everybody listening so far, whether it's all the time or once in a while. Um, it's it's not discouraging to see that the this hasn't gone as viral as I would have liked right off the bat, because I feel like the more I do this, the more I work at this, the more challenges that I adapt and overcome to, like. Uh, coming home and doing a podcast and then all of a sudden being forced to go back to Gunnison and also not be around the equipment that I've been accustomed to using while doing the podcast. I think that's just made it better and I've started to figure out more of where I want to go with this show. I do enjoy just having conversations with people. That's it's kind of my biggest excitement when I do this is just sitting down and talking to somebody about whatever happens to come up I've really I really enjoyed the last few episodes with Kyle um, and and him and I just shooting the breeze back and forth and figuring out life and our different perspectives and why we have those perspectives Um, I just I like learning about people I feel like a conversation now is easy to keep up and when when everything seems to be turning upside down and nothing is is there it's always nice to be that one consistent voice in people's heads so but that being said since it is just me today figured I'd go over some current current news I did want to give this guy a shout out probably nowhere near the amount of clout that he's used to getting from a uh a shout out, but Ben Brainard, Ben underscore Brainard on Instagram. He's a comedian out of Florida. Um, while this whole quarantine thing has happened, he took that time to create a little bit of a skit series on his Instagram live, and he posted. I originally saw it on TikTok, but now he's been posting it on Instagram TV, and it's the states all coming together for a meeting, and. Um, since he's from Florida, but he's traveled around the entire rest of the country, he, he does all the different other, as many states as he can at this point. He plays all the different characters, but he does embody basically all of the different stereotypes and stuff from those characters. Um, I was watching one, we, Dom and I watched one last night with uh, Colorado. I'll play a little bit of a clip. Hopefully you guys can hear the sound good um, on the podcast. But here's a clip of a little teaser before Colorado was introduced. This is Colorado hanging out with Florida on 420, and DC walks up. Oh, shoot, dude, it's the, it's the cops. Play cool, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. Hey, DC. Hey, Florida, do you have a date today? No, but my back doesn't hurt anymore. Uh, no, I'm allowed to do this. Colorado? <laughs> what? Are you guys? <laughs> oh, it's April twentieth, isn't it? Do you think he hates us? Yeah. Here comes DC. 
So that was just a, a little teaser trailer that he had put out. Um, just go to his Instagram profile. It basically goes all the way back to... First one he posted was March 30th, right when the stay-at-home order was announced. And then he's gone, basically, I think... He tried to do one video per day for a while, and then now it's a couple videos per week. But they're hilarious. They've they've been a good source of comedy with everything else that's been going on. Um, and it is funny to see how he he knows all the different stereotypes about the states. Every time Colorado shows up, he's got ski goggles on, uh, a knit cap, a Colorado shirt, and his eyes are red. If you live in Colorado, you know why. Or if you if you're avid in the electric lettuce you also know why then but what I found so far so Georgia amidst the crisis decided that the best course of action and the best way to help flatten their curve was to waive driver's license tests so you still take the written test but you don't have to take the road test this is from the New York Times. Teenage drivers, nearly 20,000 Georgia teens, were issued driver's license without a road test recently. And that could be something that... I don't know. Um, it says last month Georgia waived its road test requirement for most drivers in an effort to help fight the spread of coronavirus. In early May, the state said it had issued driver's licenses to thousands of teenagers without one. Wisconsin is doing something similar. Though in Georgia, the teens all held permits and had completed the state's mandatory driver education requirements, many worry that the results could be catastrophic. Um, I don't know if the results would be catastrophic, but I do think now we're going to have more road rage incidents because you're having people who, are got, who got the privilege of driving before they actually proved that they could do the physical act of driving. Yeah, the road test is important, and it's important to know all the different signs and stuff and what they mean but when you just take a, a test on on paper it doesn't mean that you can actually do the physical thing I mean I'm sure I could take a test if I was studying for an entire year I could take a test on how to do heart surgery a written test but I'm not going to be able to just go in and do it right after I take that I'm going to have to practice it a few times so that's where my hesitancy comes in but I don't think that it's a bad thing I, ho I hope that once this whole thing is over and I keep saying oh, once the world turns back on that they do start redoing the uh, the road test because I think that's an important part of it let's see what else what else let's go to CNN see how many bad stories we can find Sports first coronavirus death. Why not? Sumo wrestler Shibushi, 28, sports first coronavirus death. 28-year-old Japanese sumo wrestler has died from health complications after contracting coronavirus, first in the sport to fall victim to COVID-19. Shibushi, whose real name was Kayotaka Suetaki, hopefully I said that well enough, died from multiple organ failure after a bout of pneumonia, the Japan Sumo Association announced. Wrestler first developed a fever on April 4th, but struggled to get treatment at hospital because of a deluge of similar complaints from other potential patients. This is, it's, it's tragic, and I, I feel bad that this, this athlete did die, but 
Um, I think the way to look at this is the same way that everybody else has said, that you should be wary of this because it can affect different people differently. Um, And when people say that it doesn't affect athletes, I would say for the most part, there are some exceptions. I know that there was at least one baseball player who was around my age at Mesa who contracted the virus and then died of complications similar to um, Chibushi. But since he was a sumo wrestler, I kind of, it, it makes a little bit more sense why he wasn't able to fight off the virus because he he keeps himself in good shape and those guys are incredible at what they do. But just the sheer nature of the sport and the fact that they have to carry as much excess weight as they do, it doesn't surprise me that when he got it, it turned into pneumonia and then he had organ failure after it because his body was already at capacity carrying around all of his weight and everything. And then you had to throw in on top of that the fact that the coronavirus attacks organs and makes and most of the time turns into something else. So that's that's unfortunate. Coronavirus Slayer puts Indian State in lead. The way these Indian states handled coronavirus shows where you live matters. In January this year, Kerala became the first Indian state to report a coronavirus case. Now, four months later, it claims it has flattened the curve. Though India has been under strict nationwide lockdown since late March, cases have continued to rise. The country of 1.3 billion now has more than 74,000 confirmed cases. That's the thing. Like, I know that it's insensitive of me to say, but people get sick all the time. And most of the other things that we deal with on a consistent basis were a lot worse and and killed a lot more people than what this virus is doing. I mean, 1.3 billion. I'm going to have to look up a scientific calculator because I don't, my phone won't be able to count that. But what is 74 thousand divided by 1.3 billion point zero 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 five so if you take that and multiply it by a hundred to get the percentage that is point zero zero five percent infection Two thousand four hundred deaths, so even less than that. Let's see. What is two thousand four hundred divided by one point three billion? Multiply the answer by a hundred. See, I did learn something in psychoanalytic stats. 0.00018% mortality rate. This thing, it's strange because it's different and not everybody knows how to treat it, but it isn't near as bad as people were making it out to be. And especially now that we're seeing 
how everybody has been misdiagnosing other viruses and misdiagnosing other ailments for people. This doesn't make any sense why this has caused as much of a a rift in everything as it has. There's yes, we needed to make sure that it wasn't going to spread as fast as it had, but even Italy, I mean Italy's numbers were completely bogus until recently. And that was the blueprint, and that was the example that would be given. Oh, you don't want to end up like Italy. Don't want to end up like Italy. Yeah, well, I love Italy, obviously. I'm very proud of my Italian heritage, but they don't have the same kind of infrastructure that we have, especially like just nationwide. I mean, the European countries are... Um, they're still a little bit like technologically behind us. They still, they have so much history over on that continent that they still use a lot of the old school style stuff instead of adapting and starting to incorporate new things and, and build up an infrastructure to support however many people that they have. But let's see, let's see if I can find the actual numbers Italy coronavirus numbers fake I'll go through Statista so January, late January, they were 7.3% of the world's cases of coronavirus. February, they were 6.8, down to 6.2, 6.8, 6 6.8. March 1st, down to 4.9, and then mid-March and all that. They were less than 5% the entire month of March, the entire time that we have been told to stay home and that it's not safe for anybody to go out Italy has been under 5% so I think this was just another this just adds fuel to the fire that this was an entirely political decision that was made and there was actually no emphasis on whether or not to help people um, get better, get worse they didn't care about the people's safety they cared about what's going to be best for their political agenda. And now, since Trump is such a blowhard and is going to argue back as hard as he can and try and, instead of just diffusing the situation, he's going to escalate the situation. It's going to make it even worse of a political bungle and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's tough. I... I don't know the correct response. I don't know the correct thing to say. I do think that this whole thing should unite the constituents together more than anything because we all now have to realize that our health and well-being and our rights are all just... It's basically like the government was playing poker and gambling with our rights and our safety. They were trying, the, the stakes were winning the White House, 
or winning control over the country and they were gambling on our health and our rights and that just makes me sick that doesn't make me happy to be living in a place like here doesn't make me feel better than say if i was living in the middle east or a place where um liberties aren't extended to the citizens this makes me feel like that's exactly where i am yeah i have a lot more things in my life that can make my time during this more enjoyable than say the Chinese people that were getting killed by their government for the Shanghai protests or uh, kids in the Middle East who have to run outside in 145 degree heat and that's just all they have to do but it's this it's the same thing I, I, I can't fucking stand when people who are supposed to be looking out for everybody's best interest right because that's when when we decided to start doing our government and our politics this way it was so the rights and the health and safety of everybody was more important than whatever else was going on it's not like control and power was more important than that and now we're seeing that turn around and now we're seeing that become something that uh, I, th I think we need to be aware of I think that we need to make sure that that doesn't happen again if they try and do that again we should all just say fuck you and go outside and do whatever the hell we we're going to do anyways because none of this stay at home order didn't do anything to quell this all it did was show that everybody was pretty pretty dirty and pretty non-unhealth conscious before all of this started but all you had to do was wash your hands and you know cover your mouth when you sneeze yeah, I'm hoping that we do that anyways. I'm hoping that you did that before that. Wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. We didn't need an entire pandemic to learn that, did we? I hope not. And if you sit there and tell me that this was 110% necessary, this was the only way that we could have combated this, no, it's not. I get it. Like, Lauren, her mom is immunocompromised. She has asthma, she has other other stuff that makes her immunocompromised so she has to be very careful and they're having to be very careful now too they don't let anybody inside of their house just in case you know whoever they came in contact with whatever whether they're clean whether they're not but like my house all of us are fairly healthy i would be the most immunocompromised just because i was in the icu about seven months ago but I feel fine. I feel like I'm healthy enough now that I could fight off the virus. I feel like I could have been doing everything. I could have been going to class, all of that kind of stuff before. Okay, tell me to wear a face mask. I'll wear a face mask for a little bit. I'll wear a face mask until we get a vaccine. But you didn't need to take away school. You didn't need to take away graduation. You didn't need to take away entertainment. You didn't need to take away sports. All things that make up most of our economy all things that keep people sane and keep people having something to do like what's the point of going to school if you're not going to be recognized when you graduate I don't understand what the point of that would be what's the point of 
practicing and working your ass off to become a professional athlete if they're just going to take this away for something that didn't need to be taken away from. We could have been having sports for the last however long this has been going on. I'm not even sure because I didn't like it when it first started and I was hoping that we were going to realize that and then just turn everything back around. But why sacrifice all your time to become a professional athlete if they can just take it away? Why go to school and why start a podcast because you want to be in broadcasting if they're just going to be able to take everything that you're working for away? I don't I don't agree with that. I think that is 110% un-American. That's never what the country has been about. It's been this is the biggest violation of civil civil liberties that I can remember for a long long time. I mean, yeah, Facebook selling your information is bad, but you sign up for that. Nobody signed up for this shit. Nobody asked to be forced to stay at home. Nobody asked to be told what they can and can't do. How many marriages has has this ruined because people can't get away from each other now and you realize that that is not a good relationship. Everybody needs a break from everybody at some point. How many... It's it's a dark example. How many kids have started to get abused because their parents now are stressed because they can't make money, stressed because their kid is always around them and they can't get away from them, can't send them to school to get that time to do whatever you need accomplished. You're going to always have to be worrying about what they're doing. There's a lot of things that go into this situation, and everybody likes to discredit sociology and, oh, it's not a real science, sociology, psychology, not real sciences. Yeah, but who was the first people that you turned to when this thing happened? Who were the first people that you asked what should happen when the pandemic started? Who were the people that you went to to make sure that there wasn't a full-scale revolt? Because I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking that this was a total violation of rights. Yeah, you may think that I'm an a, in, inconsiderate asshole, but wouldn't you have rather been going outside and avoiding seeing your grandparents or avoiding seeing somebody who you know wouldn't be able to fight off the disease for a little bit until they find a vaccine because they're going to find a vaccine. It's not like they're not going to be able to. Especially for something that's not going to kill people that quickly. It's not like Ebola where as soon as you get it, you start getting symptoms that are physically going to kill you. I say this a lot too, but I've gone through a lot worse last semester with everything that I've had. I would take coronavirus 10 times over what I had to go through last semester. When you wake up and you shit yourself because you're bleeding into your stomach and you can't tell that you're internal bleeding and then you have doctors tell you, oh, it's just the flu and send you back home. Yeah, I would take coronavirus 100 times out of 100 instead of dealing what I had to deal with last year because at least if I told them that I had coronavirus, I know that I would be getting all the different resources that we're supposed to be giving hospitals and medical services now. I didn't plan on going on this rant, but I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people need to hear it, or sometimes I feel like people need to know that other people are thinking the same way that they are. No, you're not crazy. No, this is not an insane thing. No, you have a right to feel like this has been a complete violation of your rights, and you have every right now to not trust the government that 
says that it's for you, but has been showing otherwise for the last few months. And I hope this isn't forgotten by anybody. I hope that people remember this, and I hope that people, the next time that something like this does happen, first off, we kill all of the shit journalists that are just trying to cause panic, because that is probably the biggest thing that makes me the sickest about this. The fact that, yes, news is based off of ratings, and everybody has to make the worst story possible, so that you can get more people to tune in because fear and negativity go hand in hand with the human brain. You can get 10 perfect comments, you get one bad comment, that's the one you're going to focus on. Don't trust everything you see, don't trust everything you read. Don't automatically assume it's a conspiracy theory. Do your own research build your own opinion don't take somebody else's opinion i am not taking this opinion from somebody else i listen to a lot of people who have similar opinions to me but i think this is a wake-up call for people to start seeing the world the way that they should and start building your own way of seeing it this is this is your way this is your wake-up call to start actually actively participating in your life instead of just being a zombie going and watching the news and then that's how you see the world because that's what was told to you even though half of those stories are embellished half of those stories don't matter all that much there was never that much of a pandemic there was never that much of a pandemic going on my grandmother worked in hospitals during the Colorado AIDS epidemic how many People have died during the Colorado AIDS epidemic. Even even AIDS really, I feel like since it's a big word and there's that board game called pandemic where you have to fight an infectious disease and the game is basically working to kill everybody there i think that's what has been causing this i think dr fauci should be stripped of his license or at least stripped of his ability to go on tv because he just causes more panic than than is necessary many people have actually died from coronavirus so there's been 1.41 confirmed case 1.41 million confirmed cases over 240,000 have recovered and only 83,000 500 have actually died from this virus in the US that's just the US and if you look at I mean there was obviously an initial spike around March 31st it's been kind of 
bouncing up and down, but I I don't know how much I trust that because I feel like people are more than willing to fudge the numbers to prove their own point. And if you think that's what I'm doing, that's fine. You can think that, but you just just know you're part of the problem if that's what you think. Just because I'm saying something that you don't want to hear doesn't mean that I'm trying to push some other thing. I'm just trying to show that this really hasn't been as bad as people are thinking. In Colorado, there are 19,879 confirmed cases, no data on who has and hasn't recovered, and 987 deaths. So if we want to do this math experiment that we've been doing, 987 deaths divided by 19,879 confirmed cases, it's about a 5% mortality rate. Mortality rate of the common flu. About two out of every hundred thousand people who get the common flu die. That's about 6,515 deaths per year. There's just a lot of things that people aren't taking into account. And I think people who take the news or what they hear on the news or what they read in the paper or what politicians say as the gospel really need a wake-up call because that is not the way to go about life. That is not the way to deal with anything. If you if you constantly deal with stuff the way that you are told to by those organizations and by those people, you're going to live a very sad and a very scared life. And I've, I've seen, I see it in my own family. I'm not going to say specifically who, but I see it in my own family and, and it drives me nuts drives me nuts because all I want is for all the people around me to be happy and healthy and people who are just I, I see people who are just actively searching not to be happy they look for every single opportunity that they can to find something to be afraid of to find something that is the end of the world they listen to this on the news and they said that this is going to be the downfall of humanity all that kind of shit it's, it's not good. It's not right. I wish that I could try and help everybody see the light about it. Not everybody has to be my see it my way. But at least if you did multiple research and you didn't just try and confirm what you already believe, you'd at least have some fighting chance to maybe find something different, maybe be happy for once. There's a lot of good things going on in the world. There's a lot of good things. It's not as bad as people think. Just because people are upset about who's in office or people are upset about the way things are going doesn't mean that everything is terrible. That ends up being what we hear most of the time, but that's not necessarily the case all the time. 
Okay, now that I'm off my soapbox, I'm going to try and, and see if I can get Dom on Monday's podcast for sports, see if he can watch the Jets draft picks, and then we'll have a conversation about um, what we think about the Jets draft picks and the Bengals draft picks. Uh, I completely ruined my entire week. Yesterday, I watched the NFL Network countdown of the top 10 worst teams in NFL history. The Bengals, I thought they were going to just have multiple teams on the list. Nope. The NFL Network decided to rank all of the Bengals teams from the 90s as number four. So they took an entire franchise's decade, and they aren't even the worst team in history. They can't even be the best at sucking. They're the fourth best team at sucking. But it is ridiculous. I wasn't aware of how terrible the history has been, especially in the 90s. But from 91 to 2005, there was no no winning seasons. And in Mike Brown's tenure, which I'm going to count as tenure as owner, which I'm going to count as 90, 91 till now, they have had 15 picks in the top 10 of the draft, and that includes back-to-back number ones in 1994 and 1995. So if anybody has anything to be upset about, anybody has anything to be to think that the world is is never going to go their way and the world is the sky is falling it's me because I like a team who for 15 years had the best draft pick that they could have or at least in that range and still haven't won a playoff game in that time and still are the laughing stock of the league and I know sports aren't the most important thing but sports are pretty pretty damn important to me and that sucks learning so uh, I'll take a look at some of the Bengals draft picks and that's that's going to be Monday's episode a big portion of Monday's episode I'll probably talk about the UFC fights Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch them live or if I'm going to watch the highlights but since there's going to be live sports might as well talk about live sports on the sports podcast on Monday please follow the show on Twitter at COAPod73 um, follow me on Twitter if you want at Jimmy Pilato, my Instagram at proud underscore WAP. Um, if you reach out to me on there, you want to have a debate or if you want to tell me what you like, what you don't like, what I should change about the show, more than willing to listen to feedback on those different platforms. Um, if you listen on Apple podcast, please subscribe, rate the show five stars and leave a review. Um, I'm not going to stop doing this if we don't get into the algorithm, but it would be kind of cool if we can start building this a little bit more and and doing those kinds of things so that there would be more of a presence for this podcast on other places than just my social media pages and all of that. I appreciate everybody for listening so far. I know that this was a little bit different of an episode. I wasn't planning on having that much of a rant, but... It, it was it was pretty nice. Got to sit outside, got to get some things off my chest. And now, get to go finish out the rest of my day. Rest up a little bit before I have to start painting the shed tonight. But, this has been Center of Attention, episode 29. Thank you for letting me, the Italian Stallion, Jimmy Pilato, be your center of attention. And we will see you guys on Sunday. <laughs>